I am Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susan. And we're paranormal specialists who live in the most haunted city on earth, Savannah, Georgia. Every day is Halloween in our line of work, so join us as we spin true tales of haunts, murders, and disturbing Savannah history. I'm Madison. I'm Chris. And, and welcome, welcome to, to the most haunted city on earth. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the most haunted city on earth. My name is Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie. And today we have Jessica back again. Yay! <laughs> yes, if you haven't listened to the episode where we talk about the Telfair um, Academy and the Owens Thomas House and all of her experiences with that, you definitely need to go listen to it uh, before you listen to this one. Uh, but Jessica, for those of you who might not um, have heard that one, Jessica, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Jessica Schroyer and I am a native Savannian. I've lived here, well, I lived here until I was about 12 um, over in the Crest Hill area, and then I moved away, and then I came back. And when I came back, I worked at a couple different places and ended up landing at the Owens Thomas House, the Telfair Academy, and the Forsyth Park Inn all at the same time. Wow, there you go. (laughs) ghostly trifecta. Honestly, (laughs) yes. So we're going to talk about the Forsyth Park Inn in just a second, but I do have a few announcements. So first, we want to thank some para-junkies. So So we've got Katie Glotz, Elizabeth Elliott, Kyle Belvins, Ellen Etheridge, and Emily Barnett. Thank you guys so much for becoming para-junkies. We appreciate your support. Um, And if you want to become a para-junkie, you can find us on Patreon under Savannah Underground. Um, Also... On our website, hauntedcitypodcast.com, I'm going to be releasing some new blog posts pretty soon. So if you want to read things uh, that I have to say about ghosts, you can definitely um, go check that out. Also, just as a reminder, we are going to be doing a break starting December 17th and coming back on uh, January 1st. So Basically, we're taking a break for the holidays. We're going to revisit uh, our structure and whatnot. We're going to come up with some new content ideas. So don't worry. We're not going anywhere for long, but definitely take that time to catch up on some uh, some episodes if you haven't listened to all of them already. Yeah, we already. have quite a catalog of episodes. So, yes. you know, if you if you want, I think you can go back, you know, some right. you 50 can, episodes or so. You can <laughs> stream us 24-7 all day long. Just get your ghostly heroin i guess no, that's it ghost heroin <laughs> ghost heroin that goes on pair junkie yeah. exactly yeah, hence, yeah that, we, we we left it to our our listeners to come up with our, our patrons to come up with that name yes and they they did that was yeah. what they decided on and i'm like you know what if that's what you want that's what you got so cool um, <laughs> gotta get that fix get that ghost fix so uh the Forsyth Park Inn is probably one of my favorite bed and breakfasts in Savannah in general. I think we've definitely stated that, haven't oh, we? Yes, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so I used to live in the building that's literally right next door to the Forsyth Park Inn off of uh, West Gwinnett Street. And so when I moved in there, when my parents would come to visit, it was super convenient to stay at the Forsyth Park Inn because I could just walk out the front of my building and I could be there in less than a minute. So it was, uh, so we stayed there often um, and I would come to visit them. And when I was renovating my apartment at first, I would stay at the Forsyth Park Inn. So I definitely had my own experiences uh, with it, but uh, because it's a very small team that works over there, uh, I got to know the general manager pretty well, and he was the one, the first person to ever tell me about Lottie. Mm-hmm. Now, I know you said you had an experience with Lottie. So. I had several with Lottie, as well as all the other concierge. Um, and I worked there prior to the current owners, um, or the general manager now. It was actually a female innkeeper okay, um, who worked there, or who owned the inn at the time. Her and her husband owned it, and they'd owned it for a while when I started working there. Um, and I would work there, you know, on in the evenings or in the afternoons after I got done at the Owens Thomas house and back and forth. So I've been all over, all over downtown at that point, but, um, it was kind of a, a known thing that you would have a lot of experience and people would get upset. Like I've been working here for, you know, a while and I haven't had my Lottie experience. And we'd be like, <laughs> just give it time. Cause that's when you least expect it. Right. I always felt like it tended to happen in the slow months. 
they like act. I mean, it was a, a house originally. Aaron, Captain Aaron Churchill had built it um, for as a winter home because they were from Nova Scotia. So they would come down here in the winter and continue on with his. I think he did shipping, steam shipping, things like that. Um, and he brought his wife and their daughter, who of course later we find out is not his daughter; it's his niece or something. Anyway, that's the part of the story. But um, but it is well known that Lottie haunts the inn. Um, we also would hear. Or I always smelled cherry cigar smoke in room eight, which is the smallest room on the upper floor um, that we think was maybe a study for Captain Churchill. Now, we don't know if all the rooms were exactly like they were when the house was built. I'm sure it's changed a little bit. Um, it was apartments at one time and a boarding house at one time. Um, so some of the rooms are much larger than other ones. And then the bottom floor, we think, had been like an outdoor not an outdoor kitchen, but like an outdoor space of some kind, which comes into play in another story. Um, but they're in rooms now. Talking about the dog room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's one. And then on the other side of the dog room is, I call it the blue room, because that's what it was when I worked there. Um, and it was all done in different shades of blue, things like that. But <clears throat> so it would always tend to happen in the, in the January, February months, because it kicks off St. Patrick's Day. We're busy throughout. Um, sometimes in November, December, there might be a few weeks where it was empty or it was very, very slow. Um, but it was typically January. All mine were in January and February. Um, I had heard from a couple, it's typically two or three concierge, two or three housekeepers, the innkeeper, um, who wasn't always there if we had concierge there. But the concierge, you work by yourself a lot of the time. You might overlap for a couple hours just to turn rooms and get happy hour going and things like that. Um, But one afternoon, I had gone into every single room. Because that's the idea is you go in every room. If no one's there especially, it was in January, went into every single room to make sure, you know, it's ready for a walk-in if we get one or ready for a check-in if we get one. Um, You turn off all the lights, close all the doors, lock them, you know, it just had a regular lock on it. Um, I had done all that upstairs because I didn't want to have to keep going up and down the stairs, up and down the stairs. So I had done all that upstairs, um, and I had set the keys on the desk because I was known for setting them down and losing them. So I was like, I'm going to set them on the desk so I always know where they are. And I remember setting them on the desk and saying, on the desk, so that I knew that's where they were. And then I went down the hall to the other rooms to head check them. They were already locked, so I had checked them, make sure they were right. I went downstairs. Um, to do something in the kitchen, came back up. I think I was getting water or something in case someone came in. Um, came back up, and the keys were gone. And I'm like, now I know I set them on the desk. Because I remember saying, on the desk. And I went into the parlor, and they were sitting, because the parlor's right off the entryway, and it was a big yellow room, and it had a beautiful fireplace in it. And on the, it was sitting on the tile of the hearth. Not on the mantle. Oh. On the hearth. And I was like... Why would I put the keys? Like on the mantle, yeah. yes. Okay, sure, I could have, yeah. sure. maybe I put it there. But I would have never set them on the hearth. And that was weird. So I was like, okay. So I pick them back up. I go take them back to the middle or to the room or to the lobby. And I put them on the desk. And I remember saying, on the desk. I didn't put them in the drawer that time. I should have put them in the drawer. And then I would have found mm-hmm. them again. But no, I put them, in the, I put them in the, on the desk, said on the desk. Went into the parlor uh, to finish what I was doing. What did I do? Oh, I heard the doors opening. And I was like, what? Because they they're loud. They had like the big doorknobs right. on them, whatever. It was loud. I was like, that sounds like a door opening. So I went down the hall to check the doors, and it was open. It was room four? I think it was room four, the last one on the very end. Uh, it has like a sunroom on it. It was open. And I was like, now I know I locked that door. Because I locked that first, and then I went did the upstairs ones, and then I just checked it when I went downstairs. So I shut it, and I was like, oh, I got to get the keys. Went back, keys are gone again. This time, I was like, where are they? And they were, I stepped to the side, and they were sitting on the landing of the stairs because the stairs came down to a landing, down to a landing, and then two more steps down. They were on the landing. (laughs) And I was like, all right. I'm like, Lottie, (laughs) again, we have to talk to him. Lottie, I need to lock up, so I'm going to take the keys. Please Stop moving them for me because I can't find them and then I can't lock up and then the innkeeper's going to get mad at me, you know. So I went, got them, went down there and locked it. Did I set them back down again? I must have set them down again to do something else. I went to the kitchen. Oh, I went to the kitchen. I came back up. I locked the kitchen doors, came back up, and then um, heard something upstairs. So it was room six. 
The door was open, all the lights were on, and the faucet was on. Mm. And I was like, all right, Lottie, come on, you know? So I turn off everything, I lock it, I bring it back down. I set it down on the count. I had all my stuff with me. And I set it down, and I went into the parlor to turn on the lights, whatever, came back. And at this point, and this was not very long, they were gone, but I, they were in this the banister spindle had been off it was sitting there and the spindle was back in it and they were sitting on the stair well stair banister oh my gosh (laughs) and i was like all right lottie that is enough i'm like i'm leaving i just need them for a little bit longer if you could leave me alone let me lock up i'm literally leaving like 10 minutes and nothing else all the rooms i ran i this time i held the keys in my hand yes went up and down the stairs checked everything and i put them in the desk where they were supposed to go shut the drawer and i said i'm leaving lottie have a good night and i just left and i said that's the end of it i'm not <laughs> messing so, around again it's so funny she uh, loves to move the keys that I, was her thing for me she didn't do it for it. other people but that was her thing for me i believe it i mean for those of you who aren't familiar with lottie uh she was a young girl who lived in the house um but yeah, it's funny that you say that your experiences were only in January and February because Lottie is kind of famous for being a transient spirit mm-hmm. because she uh, shows up at the, it, it's a bed and breakfast now, the, their summer home in Nova Scotia. That, uh, that is now a bed and breakfast and they report seeing her in the summer, but they don't see her in the winter, <laughs> but we see her in the winter. That's when and she would have been here. Exactly, mm-hmm. and it makes sense. Um, and that's not to say that, you know, Lottie isn't haunting both of those places all year round, but it's just more active, you know, during the time she would have been there. But it, it tends to be when you're by yourself or there's very few people. Oh, right. Yeah, absolutely. One or two, maybe one person, things like that. Yeah. I, um, we talk about um, competing energy. Mm-hmm. The more people around, mm-hmm. uh, the less energy there is for a spirit to generate or, or but... I will say any spirit that can move objects, you're dealing with a very powerful and potent spirit because you have to imagine moving an object without muscle or bone or, 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 you know, without any physical form takes tremendous energy. And so when, when you are, when that spirit, when it's moving objects, that is a, a potent and present spirit, you know, and one that plays gags and tricks on you um, can that can get unsettling. That can get very unsettling very quickly. Yeah, you know, even even in good naturedness, it's yeah. like, wait a minute, really think about what's happening. You know, mm-hmm. something is is manifesting to the point of physical contact, to the point of physically moving things. It's like I'm glad it's keys and not like kitchen knives. You know, and she oh did gosh. open all the all the. Well, I assume it was her opened all the cabinets. All the cabinets, all the doors, I think maybe the oven door was open as well, mm. and all the faucets on in the kitchen downstairs to another concierge. That was not me, but let's, she did tell me I could say Let's that. take a moment, and because uh, I, I, I'd love to hear the story of Lottie from the point of view of the, of the inn, the because inn there's says. plenty of, of versions of Lottie's story going around, mm-hmm. and it's like, I, and I've heard variations, you know, uh, things that get twisted just you know just for the telling but what is the uh, what is the inn's official story the, the inn's official story the gist of it is that um lottie and her what we thought were her mother and father um lived in the oh, uh, lived at the owens Tom house no they lived at the forsyth park inn um it was their summer their winter home and they had brought in someone uh, i think they had told her it was a, an aunt or a cousin or something like that because she was you know Younger than Miss Lois, who was the Miss Churchill. Lower, younger than Miss Lois, but older than Lottie, obviously. And they brought her in kind of just as, I would say like a companion or as like an additional house help or something. She was a part of the family, but she wasn't like a servant or anything. Mm-hmm. And um, she, the story that we've always told was that Lottie had seen them, seen, uh, her name was Anna, I believe, Anna, and Mr. Churchill canoodling he'd mm-hmm. caught them in some some sort of way and felt some kind of way about it and decided to make her sick didn't want to kill her but wanted to make her sick and had used I want to say oleander but I could be wrong that might be like from Myrtle's plantation because I know they say that's oleander what I I've heard it as. Yeah, yeah, as well. oleander. and uh, I know that that's a common herb to use I guess at that time frame um had used it just wanted to make her sick they had tea or took an afternoon tea or something in the garden which was is still there um she fell ill and ended up dying when she passed away Anna passed away 
Lois and Aaron decided to tell Lottie, well, that wasn't your sister, cousin, whatever it was right. we had told you. It was your mother. And we were taking care of you for her. She was not in a position to take care of you. And she was wrecked with guilt. And I had, the story went that she had been committed to an insane asylum. Yep. Mm-hmm. But I never found any truth in that. Right. I did do some digging on my own because I'm nosy like that. <laughs> I had never found any of that. I think she probably was racked with guilt and was probably a little off kilter after that, but we could never find anything that proved she had been committed to an insane asylum. I mean, that makes sense, though, that... She might have done some time in a convalescent home. Right. (laughs) Well, And and of the period, they they had these kind of like health retreats that were, for the most part asylums but but they there were definitely places that people would go to recover yes Mm -hmm. and that may have happened i don't know that happened here in savannah i would assume she probably would have gone back to their original home yes there was a time when there was a specific place that everyone cited it might have been like greenbrier or something like that uh where where people had said she went here for Oh yeah, I've never heard a specific place, yeah. but yeah. well, and again, like I said, because people pepper, you're like mm-hmm. interesting, interesting. I, I'll take that, you know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I could I'll, never. I'll I thought that was interesting, and surely, if she had been committed to an asylum, there would have been a record. Yeah, but she could have gone to a health retreat, like mm-hmm. you said. Right, exactly. <laughs> but even that would have a record somewhere. You would think. You would you would think. think. Maybe Although, not. He keep was in mind, pretty powerful. The period so too, yeah. uh, you know, and. If, if it was in Nova Scotia, that's one more level of we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would have, that's where they were living. That yeah. was their base, their, home, their right. home base. So I would assume it would have been up there. And there's no record of her passing away here. Mm-mm. There is a record of, you can look up Aaron Churchill's death certificate. He died in that house mm-hmm. of pneumonia, I think. Um, maybe an aneurysm. I can't remember. But I did look it up. Georgia Historical Society, you can find anything yeah. you want there. Well, um, most things. Most things, <laughs> right. Some things have been hidden, I know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, and the, he still haunts the inn as well. Not as much. His is more, to my understanding, smelling the cigar smoke. Um, people seeing, like, the, sm- the puff of smokes or the, in, the lit end of, like, Bigger than a cigarette, like right. a cigar. The cherry, yeah. Yeah. yeah, or even a pipe. Somebody said they it oh. wasn't a cigar; it was a pipe. Like they knew it was cherry tobacco, like a pipe, mm. um, in the garden. Which he would have either been in the garden or off that study, because yeah. that's the. Yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. small, small room, but it has a balcony. So yeah. famously, there are cigars that were more like uh, pipe tobacco because they were they're. You know, flavored like the du- uh, Dutch sweet, you know, yeah. cigars and things like that. Um, so, yeah, endlessly fascinating. And and one of the things that we talk about a lot on this show is ghosts oftentimes present themselves uh, at a different age than when they died. Mm-hmm. You know, you can die at the age of ninety, but your ghost could be when you're twenty or twenty-one because of a of the level of energy spike in your life. You know, if, if the most traumatic thing that ever happened to you happened to you when you're, you know, 18, your ability to show up oftentimes is filtered into that moment. Um, because the Lottie stories are great. There are mm-hmm. so many of them. Uh, I had a, a friend who, who used to come on my ghost tours all the time. And when he, he would stay at the Forsyth Park Inn and, uh, and he would stay there because the very first time he was there, he said that he was, he was, uh, facing the courtyard, um, the, uh, backyard and uh and he was walking and it was it was in the middle of the night and and kind of out of the corner of his eye he saw a woman uh hanging laundry in the and and he thought it was weird it oh, was wow. it, it, for two reasons one it was so late and for two who hangs laundry anymore right you know and yeah. so it was just odd to him and so it stopped him and he and then he looked back out and there was nothing in the yard and he was like i was certain that i saw well, a that's woman where the laundry room is hanging mm-hmm. hanging laundry and it was like oh that's that's fascinating and so uh you'd hear these stories about like chores being done mm-hmm. and you know and and it was like it's all beginning to fill into this kind of concept of you know this young woman who had chores to do in in the household and 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 went about doing them and continues to another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Lottie, I never saw anything with Anna. I'd never experienced her, and I never saw Lottie. We had some guests who, and this was a, a regular set of ladies. I don't know if they still come or not, but they would come every year around the same time, usually within, you know, like December, January, February, kind of that same time, because it's low occupancy. The prices are a little bit cheaper, you mm-hmm. know, but they're still getting the full impact. You're getting all the concierge, things like that. So they would come, it was like a girl's trip, and they had, I want to say they had checked in fairly late, but concierge was still there, and then they left for dinner. Um, and they went to, you know, Betty Bombers or something like that, maybe legion i don't know they went somewhere for dinner and they came back quite late and the concierge had told them well we'll leave the parlor light on for you i leave at nine but we'll be we'll be you know we'll leave the light on for you and you have the the key we'll put some uh sweets and decaf coffee out for you whatever and okay all right so we'll see you in the morning see you for breakfast you know whatever and he left and then when they came back they said oh well look the innkeeper must have come back because the I want to say they said they wanted to see the innkeeper while they were there, and she wasn't going to be there that night, but they said, um, well, we'd like to see her while we're here, because they knew her, because they'd been coming every year. And they said, oh, well, the innkeeper must have come by or must have stayed for us. Um, She's in the parlor waiting on us. Let's go in and see her. And they open the door. They go in the parlor. No one's there. Mm. No one. And they were like, did you saw her standing in the door in the hall in the parlor like in the window looking out at us and they said well we saw her outline because it was backlit yeah absolutely so they said something in the morning to the uh concierge i think it was the same concierge and they had said oh well we thought that you know she had stayed come come back for us or stayed with for us to come back and he said no no one was here last night and y'all are the only ones in the inn like there was no other guests Mm. and they were like okay and they said, well, it must have been Lottie. Like, they said that. Yeah, sure. They knew the Lottie story. Right. And we were like, all right, well, well, what did she look like? What was she wearing? And they said, well, we really couldn't see. It was just her outline. But it looked like she was, she had, like, kind of a, I don't want to say a Gibson girl haircut or hairdo, but it was kind of, like, pulled up almost back, which our innkeeper did wear her hair back, right, like sure. a, you know, like a Chignon or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, um, and they said she was standing there. She was wearing a dress and standing there. Like, we could see the outline of the dress and almost see through the dress but not you know really and they were like must have been Lottie and they just mm-hmm. chalked it up to Lottie and no big deal and left it at that that's so funny and then another gentleman um had stayed in the inn and this was told to me at the very beginning when I first started because I said well, what happens if somebody leaves in the middle of the night <clears throat> do they just leave their keys on the desk and head out and they were like yeah here's the story about it so they said that this gentleman had come and stayed um and he stayed in the bottom floor on the far side because there was room for a rollaway bed because he had his daughter with him they Um, were traveling not in the dog room in the other mm -hmm. room (laughs) there's room in the dog room too they weren't in that one and um he had the rollaway bed and he said he had woken up in the night and he looked over and as he could see the covers thrown off the daughter's bed and that the door to the hallway was open and he was like well I don't want to roam around this big old house by herself Mm -hmm. um she was probably 10 maybe 11 and he said he walked out into the hallway and she was standing at the staircase that came down the basement stairs that came down if you went to the left it was the kitchen if you went to the right it was the two rooms and she's standing there and he said she's gesturing and talking to somebody and he was like hey uh who are you talking to and she said well this little girl she can't find her parents either or something like that right. and he was like what and he goes down because he's thinking they're the only ones in the inn so he goes down there and he looks and there's no one there and she's like yeah this little girl and he's like there's no little girl there good night and they pack up and left in the middle of the night they called the innkeeper and said we're out Mm. peace that's that's understandable though Mm because like oh god i feel like i've done something like that to my parents before children are scary though is when you're like whoa i don't see anything so well yeah you know you know to to the casual you know um you know skeptic uh that's a paramount experience I mean, you know, she's having a full-on it's, conversation it's the, it's the with peak her. of anything that they're going to have is to have something that eerie happen. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's a big nope. You know, it's yep. a big nope big moment. Nope. <laughs> um, and one of the interesting things, too, is um, 
circling back to unlocked doors, uh, I've heard this a lot in in old homes that have been turned into beds and back for, and inns that sometimes doors will unlock or, or be wide open. And uh, in, in the discussion came out the idea that, yeah, when you live in your house, you don't lock your doors. Right. right. You know, it, it's unnatural to have your interior doors locked unless mm-hmm. there, you know, something going on on the other side. Uh, so oftentimes, especially when it's like, a, a dining room that's been turned into a, a, a bedroom or something right. like that. When you lock the door, it, it it's a disruptive energy pattern. It's like, oh, why is this door locked? Why why is the access to this room you know denied? Right. And so you find uh, stories like that a lot. Uh, uh, doors being unlocked. Uh, uh, strangely and peculiarly or just wide open you know wide just open. walk by and you're it's wide open you're like oh that's weird why is why is this door wide open um uh, i'm sorry what were oh, you about yeah. to say <laughs> no it's okay yeah i was just saying that like i feel like i've done that to my parents many a times um you know because i don't know how much you've listened to mm-hmm. the podcast but i i see spirits yes. and stuff so it's um yeah i've had plenty of experiences kind of in that realm and for children who see spirits and encounter them, they don't think there's anything wrong with Mm -hmm. it, which I think that's why people are so frightened because it's the nonchalantness of, you know, uh, the child being like, oh, well, she can't find her parents, Mm -hmm. you know, and they're like, I'm concerned for this other girl, you know. Well, yeah, and it's, it's it's peculiar if it's casual. When your child is having a casual experience of something supernatural, you you it's dread. You know, you Mm -hmm. feel dread. Um, My kid was constantly talking to somebody and you're just like who are you talking to mm-hmm. what are you doing stop that yeah, stop, stop. <laughs> you stop that <laughs> stop talking to the the air yeah don't do that it's like i'm gonna draw a picture don't draw a picture i, I do not want to see, see right it. i don't want to see it right <laughs> it's like oh okay, just uh, keep talking just keep talking don't show me i don't want to know <laughs> well i don't want it to look like something terrifying exactly right. well that's just it it's like but it think could, about yeah. it if, if it does look terrifying to me what must it look like to them right exactly yeah to see it so yeah have it's you ever little- seen like the uh, uh i think you can do this internet search which is uh children drawing their imaginary friends oh my god yes and some oh of them god. you're just like what like, what and are they you bleed seeing? from their eyes yeah they bleed from their eyes <laughs> yeah it's like okay knives but he's just a big here. smile oh, yeah. except for the knives you're like what mm-hmm so one of the rumors that I heard from a minute, from an employee when my parents were staying at the end one time, they said we'll have to that, talk off cam- off about what employee it was because it might be the same one. Right. <laughs> so there's a rocking horse in the attic. Is that a thing or is that? I've never been in the attic. But okay. I, I've been in the basement area. There's a like a basement store. I won't say mm. basement. It's like a storage area um, off of the laundry room in the kitchen area and there was a rocking horse in there when i worked there i think they did move it up to mm. the attic sure um i had never been in the attic the a few of the other mainly because i don't like to climb stairs like i said i'm a chunky girl i'm off center i don't want to climb stairs and go into an attic because i don't want to fall through the floor or anything like that <laughs> sure. um but the one of the concierge who has since passed away i have a great story of his to tell but um and then the other gentleman that works there, probably the same one, I think they did move it up to the attic. Mm-hmm. So, And they've been up there. I've never been up there. Yeah, I because they told me that the rocking horse would rock on its own. I believe that. Yes. yes. And I was like, okay, well, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, do you know if it was something that was owned by Lottie or if it was... Well, this kind of goes to what I was getting ready to say about the, the little girl that saw the other little girl... She made it sound like, later on after the fact, it was a little girl. Like another girl, Mm. eight, nine, maybe ten. My daughter's eight. I'm thinking about, like, how she doesn't look like a little girl to me anymore. But at that time period, they may have dressed more childlike. Yeah. Um, She didn't say what she was wearing, but she came across like, it's a little girl like me. Whereas Lottie, to me, is always 15, 16 maybe early 20s and the picture we have of her or we had of her at the end she was probably in her early 20s maybe late teens because she's got like her hair's kind of pulled back like this and she's wearing like a high-waisted dress but it doesn't look like a little kid's dress yeah and she's almost head to head with her aunt so that says a little bit older to me and they're on the porch like you can tell they're at the end so she was clearly you know wasn't somewhere else um, but there was a woman, this was actually when the inn was pretty active. We were getting ready for a wedding. So the whole inn had been rented. Um, I don't think everybody was there just yet, but the whole inn had been rented. So there were, you know, two or three concierge at all times. We were all running around and this woman was in room six, which surprisingly doesn't get a lot of action, but actually one story I do have is about six. Um, 
but it normally never, we never heard anything about it. But she said that um, her husband was in the shower and she was getting ready. And because it was all family, they did have their doors open. It wasn't a big deal. But she had just pushed it shut because he was in the shower. Sure. So she had just pushed it to where it was resting. And they were, she was rushing around in the room or whatever. And she went into the bathroom to do something and came back out. And the door was open and there was a little girl standing there. And she said it was an, an almost like a sailor suit type outfit, yeah. long hair. She said the, the bow in her hair was so big you could see the edges of it on the outside of her head and she was just standing there and she's thinking I don't recognize this kid is it a niece is it a whatever and the the little girl just turned and walked away she said something like are you oh who are you or who do you belong to or something like that like thinking it was somebody she just a family member she didn't remember or recognize and the little girl just turned and walked away Mm. and so she stepped out in the hall and was like did anybody else see this little like where'd she go that's plenty of creepy and she didn't see her yeah and I, I said, I had never, she told me about it the next day. And I said, I have never seen a little girl. Right. I've never seen anything. I've only ever heard it. And I said, but no one's ever mentioned that before. Mm. And then when I told another concierge about it, he said, well, what about that little girl, the guy and his daughter saw? And I said, so maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. interesting. Maybe because she I think was there when it was a boarding house. That's, that's a good point. I have heard yeah. of the little girl and it was always attributed to the, uh, sliding scale of Lottie age, you know, uh, oh, yeah. uh, but very likely it is not Lottie at all. Um, and even given that particular outfit, you know, because you can almost trace that outfit. That seems like nine, I would say 1910, 1910. Yeah. The, right. the, the yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. That's a, that, that's what came to my mind was it, that sounds like a pretty common outfit yeah. for that period, um, which gives us, you know, kind of, social cues as to as to what it is and then it raises the question what was all around there you know what, mm-hmm, you know yeah. what what houses uh, are are close by and we talk about homeless ghosts all the time you know ghosts yeah. ghosts that that find themselves you know just kind of milling about and then they see a place mm-hmm. that has you know a specific energy that they like as you know don't want to, you know, haunt the Forsyth Park, you know. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> um, and she, and, said she and, didn't have any distinguishing features. She just, it was a little girl. And the other Clearly, little girl. She said that she was more focused on her outfit. Stated gotcha. she couldn't find her parents, which is which is yet another indicator that you're not dealing with Lottie. Who, right, who had know, parents. Who had parents that, that, that at the very least, at the age of, of her passing, would have knowledge of... Yeah. of the history right. of, the, of the family mm-hmm. versus, you know, possibly a child who died, you know, because we have countless reasons why children die uh, in in early Savannah history or throughout Savannah's history. So, uh, yeah, that's an interesting one. That is. I mean, it could have been from the house next door even. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. well, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. Because the house right next to the inn uh, where it's like the inn, the court on Hall Street, the mm-hmm. inn, the courtyard, and then there's that very odd sort of block-shaped very modern looking house. Mm-hmm. I yes. don't know what that was before. Right, sure. It was a house. But. Well, what was standing mm-hmm. on the property before it was the house that is the inn? That's true. Yeah. You know, we're not sure. I mean, I, I'm not sure. I yeah. That would require some digging for yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, there, the, there's a history of children maybe being on the property. Um, the other, uh, the other concierge who has since passed away, I got permission from his family to share this story, which they had actually never heard because I told it to them and they said, we'd never heard that story. Oh, well, let's Like hear he it. told us our <laughs> st- stories all the time, but we've never heard it. I said, oh, well, I'll tell that one then. And he was the one who had told me at the very beginning, he trained me and everything. And he had said, oh, you'll just have to wait. You'll have your Lottie story. Just <laughs> wait, just wait. It'll happen. And she would run down the stairs. Like he would hear her running up and down the hall. Well, maybe it wasn't her now that we're talking about this other little girl. Now that I think about it, run down the stairs behind the desk. Cause the desk set under the staircase and run. It's, he said this one, she was like up and down the stairs, like being real, super playful up and down the stairs, up and down the stairs, like stomping. And he was like, that is enough. Like he almost quit after this one. Cause she was really riling him up. And he came, she said, he's, he said she came down the stairs behind him, stopped on the landing. Like it sounded like she jumped on the last two, like blump, blump on the last two stairs, whoop, ran out in front, giggled, like, <laughs> and ran down the stairs. It sounds like a child. Ran it down the hall. More, more childish. More childlike. Yeah. But, which now relates to this mm. other person. So, yes. on this other entity. So, 
he was like, I'm out. Like he called the innkeeper. I was like, I quit. I'm leaving my, my keys on the oh state on the desk. I'm out, you know, whatever. But he came back. So he had stayed in the inn. This was again, like a January, February night. There was no one in the inn, but the innkeeper had asked him to stay. I think his heat was out too. So he's like, absolutely. I'll stay. Cause I don't want to stay in a room with no heat or my house with no heat. So he had stayed in the, um, in the bottom left room, not the dog room, the other one. He had stayed down there and he said he woke up in the middle of the night to what felt like someone shaking his foot. That's common. We hear that a lot. Well, sure. I always heard it a lot. Somebody, shake, somebody was shaking my foot at night, or my toe, if my toes were out, they were, like, grabbing them and shaking them. But he said they were, like, back and forth, like, really shaking his foot, trying to wake him up. And he's, like, pulls it under the covers, and they, like, padded to find his foot and started doing it again. And he was like, uh-uh, we're not playing this game. And he like sits up and you can see from where he was sitting in the bed, because he showed me all this, down the, like to the edge of the door where you could see the light from the hallway. And he had turned off all the lights except for I think the parlor light in the house, because it did shine through the door. The light was on and he could see shadows behind it. And he's like, I know we had an in kitty, but she was locked Mm -hmm. up. And he's like, I know I locked her up, but okay. But he could see several shadows kind of outside the door. Mm. And he was like, that's weird. And right about the time he's like, what's going on out there? He hears a thump against the door. He said it sounded like somebody kicked the door. Mm. But he was like, "Uh, okay. Sits for a minute. He said all this happens very fast. He's telling the story. It takes a long time, but he, when it happened, it happened quick. He hears it again, and he said, then it sounds like a ball hitting oh. the door, and it was rattle the door. Oh. And he was like, what the heck is going on? And he's like, hello, like calls out. Then he hears off to the side of him. And now keep in mind, this was an outside area at one time. It had been enclosed in. He said it sounded like she was... This person was, I say she, because he does say it was a female, at the end kind of corner of the bed in a chair, but there was no chair there. But he said it sounded like somebody was sitting or standing right there, and they were clapping their hands, and they were saying, my grandbabies, my grandbabies, my grandbabies, yay, my grandbabies. Like, clear as day. He said it was some, it felt like somebody was in the room. Wow. Like, I get chills thinking about it. And he, like, flips on the light. Of course, nobody's there. And now it sounds like it's outside in the courtyard. And I'm like, okay. And he said he gets up. He goes to the door, opens the door. Nothing's there, of course. He goes down the hall into the kitchen, out the courtyard door. You could, I guess he could have gotten out the courtyard door from there, but it goes back to, like, an alley. I wouldn't have gone back there either. But he went out into the courtyard from the kitchen and there's nothing. But he said it was clear as day, this lady. He said it sounded like a big, like a big jovial grandmother. Because, mm. like, you could almost hear, like, my grandbabies, my grandbabies, like, clapping her hands and cheering. And he's like, nope. And he, like, backed up his stuff and <laughs> called, called the innkeeper. I almost said her name. Called the innkeeper. I was like, wow. he probably almost quit after that, too. But he's like, I will never stay here again by myself. Wow. And he never did. That's yeah. fascinating. Because that's a spirit that 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 isn't recorded. Like mm-hmm. we hear a lot of the ghost stories, and 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 they do tend to focus down because, like I said, they'll they'll take the child, any child, and make it Lottie. Absolutely, you know, and that's just the way it goes. But he said this sounded like multiple children, exactly, at least two. Well, kicking a ball, and and the the woman said, "My grandbabies, right? You know, right. which which." harkens to a story you know some story of, of, yeah. of life in the house and you know we talk about transient houses boarding houses places where people come uh sometimes regularly sometimes stay extended periods of time mm-hmm. and again those emotional peaks of their lives you know it could be a family that came to stay in savannah uh, right right when they're building a new life here or right. you know all these these interesting and wonderful things but yeah that's that's very specific. Mm-hmm. It's so specific, yeah. you know? Yeah, very specific. And I never heard anyone else say anything like that. And we had multiple people stay in that room, but no one ever said they heard that. It almost feels like it might have been like the anniversary of some mm, type of event. Sure. Like maybe like a birthday party or yeah. like, especially because you said it used to be an outside area. Mm-hmm. And maybe a, a family a, reunion? Right. Like yeah. maybe like it was, you know, the kids were playing with the ball or whatever. And obviously now there's a door where there wouldn't have been a right. door. So of course it's going to be some, hitting the, <laughs> some friction. Was hitting like yeah. Somebody was kicking the door. Yeah. It was that loud. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, think about how kids play with right, balls right. and stuff. You know, they, they kick the crap out of a ball and, like, want to see how far it'll go. So it's like... And so it's amazing how a small child can make so much noise in right. house. Right. So. <laughs> right. And so it's, um, you know, that's kind of what it sounds like to me. It's like I kind of that when you were telling it, I just pictured like them out in like the courtyard or something playing. And then the grandma comes in and she's like, oh, I'm so happy to see you. Or she's cheering them on, yeah, you know, exactly. like, like, like oh, look, playing a game. they're playing yeah. a game. And yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it sounds amazingly uh like a, like he fell into a time, you know, right? Like he, yeah, like he was the intruder in 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 a in a in, moment, in a moment, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. So he's, I mean, he had a bunch of stories. Most of his were like, um, pull the cord. Okay, I was like, we have things but, happen sometimes well, when we're filming and we're maybe talking. Not. I don't know. I thought I pulled the cord, but it's going that way. So for those, sorry, <laughs> no, it's okay. For those of you who are just listening, sorry, one of our mics is decided to tilt on its own. Um, there we go. That's funny. Yeah, sometimes, so <laughs> typically when things like that happen, when Chris and I sit in here and we record multiple episodes in a row, every once in a while things decide to yeah. act odd. Um, Maybe that was it. Because <laughs> this place is incredibly haunted in general, so it's, you know, they they, they get rambunctious every once in a while. Um, but yeah, so I, I love that story, though. Yeah. I really, that's probably my favorite story I've ever heard come out of the yeah. Forsyth Park Inn. Yeah, like I said, he's so... the only one that I've ever heard that from, and there have been multiple, I mean, I worked there three, almost four years, and they've all had experiences of some kind, housekeepers. There were times when they were like, we won't be in the house by ourselves. Um, glasses of water get drunk overnight. Mm-hmm. And there's little things here and there. The most common ones, like I said, were the cigar smoke, um, the keys getting moved all the time, hearing footsteps and clothing even rustling. It sounds like clothing rustling. Mm-hmm. Um, here, every now and then, I never saw anything out of the corner of my eye, but other people said they did. So. Yeah, I, I, I've heard kitchen, countless yes. stories from the Forsyth Park Inn, but uh, but they are they're 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 piecemeal. They're mm-hmm. they're they're moments, or they're they're these little um, and and highly attributable. People quickly attribute yeah. them to well to Lottie. Lottie mm-hmm. is is the primary ghost I heard about. I have heard the cigar smoke. Mm-hmm. Um, however, the weird thing about like cigar smoke is uh, it's prevalent in. A lot of locations all around Savannah. There, oh, you yeah. know, it was a very popular pastime mm-hmm. for the for the gentlemen of Savannah. So, you know, um, and oftentimes uh, because a lot of the old houses definitely had a, a definitive men's room. It's yeah. always in the men's parlor. Yeah, in the men's parlor, mm-hmm. you you always hear the people being like, "Oh gosh, I smell," you know, and and it's exotic tobaccos that they're smelling so they they oftentimes will be like it's pipe smoker it's it's something you know fruity or it's something like Very that specific, yeah. um and, and it's like well, you gotta realize that back in the day there were probably different processes and they're mm-hmm. you know handmade so they can throw all kinds of crazy stuff in your cigar, okay, right, right right the um yeah really the only experiences that i ever had were down in the dog room and it was um always the weird ones where I heard an old telephone one time ringing and it would ring incessantly in the Mm. middle of the night. And I was just like, what is, is there an old phone in here? And I'm like, I'm looking around because you know how some bed and breakfast are. They put antiques out and things like that. I'm like, is that how they try, the front desk tries to call you? You got an old phone down here or something? I'm like, wake up call. Right. I'm like, really immersive in here. But you know, it's, um, but nothing, couldn't find any phone or anything. And then I always, like, every time I stayed down there, I would hear, because it's right by the kitchen, mm-hmm. in the middle of the night, probably around, like, midnight to 1 a.m. or somewhere in that in between, it would always sound like silverware clanking and, like, mm-hmm. just the sound of, like, almost like, you know, those um, old antique, like, tea sets or mm-hmm. things like that? That's what it would sound like, and it would just go for like an hour and I'm just like there is no way uh, nobody gets paid enough to bring <laughs> tea in the middle of the night exactly yeah. and I'm like there is no way that there's somebody down here making mm-hmm. tea and so I just always thought it was so odd but you know as I learned more about you know ghosts and things like that kitchens are so haunted mm-hmm. uh, they're so haunted they're like a heart of a house it yeah, is absolutely. yeah they're a work horse of the house people always end up hanging out in the kitchen mm-hmm. absolutely you know? and there was always a lot of activity you know if we weren't down there getting stuff ready 
the guests didn't go to that kitchen, but there was always something going on, something baking, boiling tea, doing whatever, something was going on. Well, especially with the Forsyth Park Inn, because they do a really good job of making it feel very hospitable. They make breakfast for you in the morning. They have happy hour. They've got like hot coffee and tea out during the middle of the day. Like there, I could see, you know, it being a very active part. And then when you have, you know, a more well-to-do family, they're also going to have a very active kitchen because they're going to be like, oh, can I have a hot cup of tea, (laughs) you know? Well, I never heard anything. I'm sure they probably had at least maybe a housemaid or something along those lines, but I have never heard anything about it. It's always been Captain Churchill, Lottie, and now this little girl. Yeah, that's, that's interesting because I, yeah, I never really. I'm sure they like, did. Mm-hmm. They had to have had at least yeah. a housemaid. You would not Absolutely. have been able to keep up that house by yourself. Absolutely. But being a, um, being a winter home, you might have had, you know, like a house grounds. manager. Yeah, exactly. You might have somebody well, who just took care of the grounds, like, on a regular basis, regardless. Or could, they could have had, you know, their one housemate or someone who, you know, traveled with them because... A I, lot I was of, just thinking of the off-season. Yeah. You know, I was just thinking yeah. of, of the upkeep of a house, you know, because Savannah, if you don't... Um, if you don't mind your, your yourself, the nature will take your house. Oh, you're so like, true. You know, it is so it, true. It, it will. It will. It will. It will. It, the grass will crack through. In the summer. <laughs> yeah, particularly through the summer, which brings up a question of what if the child is that person's the the groundskeeper's oh. child? You know, maybe somebody who stayed during that uh, during the the rest of the season in the house while you know maintaining the house or caring for the house. If the child is somehow attached to that, that's. You know, just an interesting avenue of, of exploration. Like, and, th- you yeah, know, that's all. I, I really love ghost stories for the openness of what it could be. Absolutely. You know, when you start talking, it's like, well, what makes sense? What makes sense in this, this avenue? Because, again, uh, they probably stayed less than four months, right. you know, out of yeah. the year. Um, and, you know, escaping Nova Scotia, they, it may have been longer. Because <laughs> Nova Scotia is a fierce winter. That's a I'm winter that... probably from, yeah. like, Thanksgiving to maybe Easter, maybe right. into... Mm-hmm. Maybe into April, yeah. depending on if right. they I was have thinking like at late, March, yeah, yeah, from from late November, December to March. Yeah, it yeah. makes sense to me. They were leaving um, after St. Patrick's Day, right? Oh. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, St. Patrick's Day was like, oh, time to we're pick out. up. Well, here we go. And we're yeah. still like that to yeah. this very day. <laughs> Locals are very. <laughs> we leave. We're like, yeah. We'll be back. Uh, <laughs> I know I do. So yeah. it's yeah, yeah, but yeah, absolutely. The um, <laughs> so it's funny though that like this little girl, the way she presents to people is so like she doesn't talk to people. That's so strange to me. Well, I guess she was talking to the little girl because she said she couldn't find her parents. I mean, that would make sense, though, because, like, you know, I feel like even as, like, a child spirit, they are more apt to, you know, talk to another child right. versus, like, an adult because that leads me to believe she was, like, had a very proper upbringing. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Children yeah. should be seen and not heard. Exactly. You know? right. But she just gives off now vibes of, like, Esther from The Orphan is what I picture <laughs> oh, her no. as. <laughs> no! <laughs> she, I, don't, I don't know if she was that creepy. I was picturing like Wednesday Adams, like the stoic face, sure. no emotion. <laughs> Although the woman who encountered her didn't seem to be taken aback by her, no, she, she just quickly like, yeah, exactly. Right. Which is another thing when 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 you have an encounter that lasts that long, that is that solid. You know, um, if you're not you know clairvoyant, if you're not used to seeing these uh, spirits, to see something that solid and then and then realize, oh wait. That was nothing, you know. That was that wasn't right. there, you know. That's a jarring. That's a jarring experience. And again, a very powerful entity that can present itself to people who are not sensitive. And I, I guess we don't know whether this woman was sensitive or not. But I don't. It didn't seem like it. You know, from the encounter, because usually, if you are sensitive, you are able to suss out much quicker and much. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you would just have that that notion. So yeah, it's it's interesting to hear. Uh, you know, objects moving, solid apparition, you know, I mean, things I thought it was interesting because nobody, it's always when no one's in the house. Well, yeah. That anyone mm-hmm. saw anything. The ladies saw her in the parlor. There was no one else in the house. It was, right. a, you know, the quiet, you know, quiet months. But for this to happen when the house was so busy. Right. That was blowing my mind. But I guess maybe this entity thought, there's people here. Maybe my parents are here. If she's truly looking for her parents. Absolutely. She didn't say anything to the woman. She only talked to the little girl. I know we've spoken about it in the past. 
you usually see ghosts in the dead of night because the energy is more accessible to them. So when you see them in the daytime, you're dealing with a more powerful and potent entity. When when you see a ghost in the daytime in a very crowded <laughs> environment, again, competing for that psychic energy that we all use, uh, that's an impressive feat, you know, to be able to present yourself, to be, to be able to show yourself, uh, you know, because that also might be a, a spirit that can draw on human energy you know, gathering mm. rather than being diminished by it, you know, because so many theories about right. about yeah. how ghosts manifest, how they present, what what's going on. But it seems to me that there's there is like a blanket standard that we can kind of use as a rule of thumb. That's you know, of course there are exceptions, but that concept of dead of night when everyone's asleep, the spirits can come out because there's not competition. They're they're not competing to have the energy show up in the day that ghost is, is, is rooted and children ghosts are especially rooted. We, 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 we definitely touch on that a lot is that children are, are, can self manifest energy. They can, they can create their own identities and, and, and worlds to inhabit. So that gives them a, a, a leg up. So yeah, it, it's fascinating. It's kind of exciting to think. Um, and now, you know, coming up on January, might be a good time to rent a room at the Forsyth Park Inn and, right. and do, a, do, a, do an overnight. Yeah, yeah exactly. Absolutely. Well, um, I'm in. I'll go. I'll yes, go with yes absolutely. Go yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah, we, um, we also like to go off of the theory, too, that in the winter months and mm -hmm. when it's colder, you're tending to get the most activity because we're warm and things like that. And Right, because the, the classics... Uh, first encounter with a, uh, a supernatural entity is a cold spot is where the ambient energy of the room is dropping because the spirit is drawing from the heat. And when there's not a lot of heat, it seeks out heat. It seeks out where it can draw energy from. And the source of energy becomes you. You know, a lot of people would ask, oh, yo, why do you turn off the lights when you do ghost hunts? Shouldn't you leave the lights on so you can ghost hunt? It's like, well, electricity is well known to be a form of energy that a spirit can feed off of, and therefore it doesn't have to present itself because there's this abundant supply. But when you turn off the lights, again, the energy source is no longer the lights, it's you. You are now the energy source in the room, and so the spirits are more likely to approach you when there's no electricity on, when there's none of these other things, um, which, again harkens to how powerful an entity is by when it appears, how it appears. If it appears in a brightly lit room in the middle of the day with a bunch of electricity on, it's foregoing feeding to present, to, to be present. And that is, uh, that's a fascinating spirit, really. It is. Well, thank you again, Jessica, for coming on and talking about all of your experiences and stuff. And um, if you want to see us go investigate the Forsyth Park Inn, maybe become a para-junkie and we'll do an exclusive. So um, that would be a really cool episode and to have yeah. you there so that you can kind of take us to the good spots and whatnot sure. in, the, yeah. in the house. It may have changed. Awesome. Some of them may have changed now, but yeah, sure. absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. As always, if you don't follow us on social media, go ahead and follow us on TikTok under Haunted City Podcast. You can find us on Instagram under The Most Haunted City on Earth. Make sure to check out our website for those blog posts, uh, hauntedcitypodcast.com. And of course, Patreon. Y'all know where to go for that. So, uh, but with that, thank you guys uh, so much. My name is Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie. And stay spooky, y'all. <laughs>